Hey, this is Craig Finn on a special edition Flash episode of my podcast, That's How I Remember It. I'm checking in because I'm starting a tour with my band, the Uptown Controllers, next week, October 11th in Somerville, Mass. We continue on throughout the East Coast and Midwest with a Canadian date thrown in. You can get all dates at craigfinn.net. Now, we recently got some bad news. It's our friend Anika Pyle, who'd been our support, had to drop off the tour due to some personal stuff. So we're looking for a replacement. My agent suggested Katie Kirby. I told him that would be a dream. I spent a few months last year listening pretty much only to Katie's record, Cool Dry Place, and an obsessive loop. She's become one of my favorite songwriters. A while later, I got the good news that Katie would be joining us for the first seven days of this tour from Boston to Toronto. And I'm equally thrilled to have her here on this Flash episode of That's How I Remember It. Thanks for being here. Yeah, anytime. So I, I, I want to start um, how, start all of this, uh, which is, do you think you have a good memory? Um, no, it, it depends, but generally, no, I have ADHD. And so, uh, my, I have said to, uh, my loved ones before that my brain has holes in it, <laughs> usually in like a tone of despair. And one time my bass player and producer said, but that makes, that makes you more aerodynamic, <laughs> which is very sweet of him. <laughs> but Yeah. Like a uh, uh, one of those paddles that has holes in it, so you can hit. So you can that. hit people harder. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. That's it's funny because I I started this podcast and I was sure that everyone, all writers, would say I have the best memory, and I'm telling the story, mm-hmm. um, the right way, right? And uh, it totally. turns out that's not the case. Like, um, it's been fifty fifty. Mm-hmm. Um, but so uh, though these holes in your memory, so to speak, how, how do you think it affects storytelling and the songs, et cetera? Well, so it's largely short-term memory. Um, I have like an unusually good memory for like faces. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm able to remember faces for a very, very long time. Uh, but in terms of like what I said verbatim, like if I'm remembering an event that I'm writing a song about, um, I usually forget things that I said specifically, um, but I'll be able to quote other people verbatim occasionally. And I do, I've done that in songs before and no one ever catches it for some reason. Like they don't remember exactly what they said either. Um, I'm always like, I literally, like I quoted you directly in that song. Like, how did you not know it was about you? And they're like, no, I don't remember saying that, but they definitely did. So I don't know. So uh, I, because I can do this too. I I have a really good memory of for conversations, both sides Mm -hmm. of it. Like if I, if I have it and like, um, yeah. So if if I have that conversation, I can kind of lock it in. Are you difficult to argue with? Cause can you pull that up and say like, well, you said back in October last year, no, I'm usually, I'm usually not great at, at like, uh, not usually great at that. No. Well, and also like, I, I tend to like back down pretty easily in arguments. So you don't so, use that, you don't use that skill yeah. to your advantage is what you're saying. Not usually. No. no. All right. Um, <laughs> so, you know, in, in thinking more about memories, are there senses that are part of your memories that are like, that are likely to trigger memories, smell, touch, sound, et cetera? Um, I think smell for sure is definitely one. 
And then like quality of light is another one that seems really triggering for me. Like, uh, I don't know how to describe it exactly, but like, uh, like a certain like shade of fluorescent lighting or like the way a sun, like sunlight is coming through a window or something seems weirdly evocative sometimes. I ex- I know um, exactly what you're saying. Um, yeah, I've had this conversation with uh, a dozen people now, and on this on this thing, and um, people say smell a lot, and I always say light. You know, like there's certain yeah. light in California, for instance, the lights different totally. than on the East Coast. Yeah, and uh, light from your childhood, light from summer, etc. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. early memories of music. Uh, do you, do you, can you identify early memories that you have of, of music in your life? Totally. Uh, um, I allegedly, so actually I do remember this, but, uh, allegedly I started sort of like picking out, um, Christmas carols, like on the upright piano in our house mm-hmm. when I was four. Mm-hmm. And I actually do really remember like what that piano looks like um and like what those like what the keys look like even so like i like i uh, like the e key on that piano had like been chipped in a really specific way that had this like sort of shape on it and like i kind of associate that um with like a e played on piano like whenever i'm sitting down at any keyboard yeah um yeah so so that's that's an early one um i my dad was really into barbershop um he he was like singing in a barbershop quartet when i was little mm-hmm. just like recreationally and um i recall being young enough to be in a car seat when he like kind of like taught me how to harmonize where he was like okay we're gonna sing take me out to the ball game and then i'm gonna sing we're going to sing the, the part at the end where it's like the old bargain. And he's like, okay, you sing that, you sing the melody and like plug your ears a little bit. And then he sang the harmony on top of it. And he was like, and that's harmony. And I was like, Oh shit. That is so cool. Um, yeah. And so I, I have a very vivid memory of that, but yeah, I think those would be the earliest ones for sure. That, I mean, that's life changing. I mean, Harmony, yeah. le- learning harmony right i mean and especially yeah. if you got it at that age and you were able to do it um, totally yeah it seems like it all goes from there right mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah um <laughs> is there music is there's music in your life that sounds like do, do you attach music to certain seasons like is there records that are like i can't i can't listen to that unless it's summer etc or or totally well yeah, there's some records that feel. I was talking to someone about um, Saint Cloud. Yeah. Uh, the the Waxahachie record. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, it's a very like springtime, like early summer record, and I was like, so true, because um, it is really linked to like early 2020, like kind of right before the pandemic hit, and the yeah. sort of like, oh, it's a new decade. Yeah. Yeah. I get, I get that. It's, it's funny. I I have, I very much have that a lot of the time it's now as I get Mm -hmm. older, it's, it's like when I, like when I, when it was released, 
Yeah, when I was totally. younger, because I wasn't really hearing things as they were released, they were all about when I first mm-hmm. heard them. And mm-hmm. when I went back, I looked, I find all the disconnects in that like, oh, that was released in spring. Someone thinks that's a spring record, but I heard it in the winter. So to me. Yeah, so they're wrong. Yeah, well, so they're wrong <laughs> for me. They're wrong for me. Um, and then are there periods of your life that you that you have better or more vivid memories or vice versa? Do you have gaps at any point? I don't remember a lot of like high school because it was boring and miserable and I don't have anything like left to glean from it really. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it, it, just, it was pretty unremarkable largely, but um, I, uh, I don't know. I think I'm, I've been, I've just been much happier in the last like five years of my life generally. Mm-hmm. So I can like recall most of that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, my least favorite time of my life was junior high and I can barely totally. remember it. You know, I mean, I, I think yeah. there's a trauma that I, that, that we, we erase things because we can't totally. relive them always, you know? Um, yeah. So going to the record, which I'm, I, like I said, I'm just such a huge fan. When did when did you writing start writing songs overall? Like, was it when you learned the harmonies? Um, so yeah, I, the first time I wrote like a song that I was actually proud of and and felt like it was me or mine and and not like an imitation of something was probably I was like 16. Mm-hmm. Um, but I found some like a bunch of cassette tapes in my parents' house. Um recently and there's like a few of me like singing little songs i made up about like jesus or something where i'm probably i'm definitely under the age of 10 and probably like six or seven okay so something like that my mom also started writing songs around that age like when i was six Mm -hmm. she started like as sort of part of her like worship practice she was just like writing these poems sort of about yeah. Jesus yeah. and stuff largely. And then like, she would like put them in the melody. And so that was really normalized for me at an early age. Like that was just a thing that people did. Uh, so, so yeah, so that, that would probably be a really early memory of like, oh, okay, cool. People do that. Yeah. That's yeah. I had, when I was a kid, I had this one song and I, I, I couldn't finish it. Like I couldn't, mm-hmm. I was just kind of constantly working on it, but it was, and I still remember it. I've said it on another podcast, but it was just like, I couldn't get it, but like, it was always in my mind. And it, it was something I like, uh, now I think I'm actually pretty prolific as a songwriter, but that one was the one I, I had to get over for, I don't know, four years or so. <laughs> and you had to let it go. I had to let it go. I never finished it. I couldn't even get the second line. I had the melody, but I just couldn't, I couldn't Whoa. actually, I couldn't settle on the second line. And it, totally. and you and the first line was keep your eyes open, keep your feet on the floor. And mm-hmm. then you know, there's a door, like, like, like there's the uh, possibilities for the second line. If you wanted it to rhyme are there, but I couldn't, it was like option anxiety, right? No, totally. Yeah. (laughs) So I've never finished that one. I've wrote a lot. And I think that maybe that's the advice, like put it aside and write another one. (laughs) 
totally. When did when did you write start writing songs that ended up on Cold Dry Place? Um, I think the earliest one would have been the it's like the oldest by far, but I think Secret Language I started writing in 2015. Okay, yeah. Um and then yeah, I guess it would be like most of them would be from like so like that one's from 2015. There's a few from like 2017. And then I think most would be like 20, 2018 and into 2019. Cool. And then when did, when was the record recorded? It was recorded uh in ooh, was it recorded? I think it came out Feb 2021, right? Yeah, it would have been recorded. Oh my God. Summer of 2019. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Speaking of memory, yeah. it's hard to remember sometimes. <laughs> um, and then was it all recorded all at once or were you, where is it like in? It was, I mean, like I did like a round of demo things with my uh, partner at the time uh, and that's how a lot of those songs like came together yeah. and then we took them to someone else that we knew he's not a bass player Alberto uh-huh. um, and just kind of set up shop in this space that someone we knew had um, and just like brought a bunch of gear there and tracked pretty much all of it. I think we, we tracked the bulk of it in like a week or two. And then yeah. we, we tracked the bulk of it in a week. Then we did overdubs for a week at his house. There's like parts of the record that like are from older, like attempts mm-hmm. to record it with other people that didn't quite feel right um but like the drums on traffic were recorded like in 2017 sometime i think cool like at a with a completely different guy um but yeah but largely just like those two weeks so uh so parts of it where you were carrying around both songs and recordings for quite a while big picture yeah for sure yeah quite quite a while i i uh i did i really didn't want to put out an ep or like a single or whatever i really really wanted to put out an album album and Mm -hmm. so that just like took so long (laughs) and it's like so so much more like logistical energy than i had anticipated but i um glad, glad i did that i mean did, but kind of boring. all that yeah and they're hard to be honest i think they're hard for people to pay attention to you know yes absolutely it's like what yeah. am i supposed to do with this it's really, yeah i don't know <laughs> Yeah, it just does. It, yeah, um, I, I I am someone who who kind of only engages with albums, so um, totally. and that, that may be my age, but it, I, I think it's natural. Does it does it feel strange then to have like put put all this work into it over all these years and then have it come out in um, not in the heart of the pandemic, but during the pandemic? Did you go right on tour? 
No, 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 no. I I didn't know what was going to happen to that record like at all. Mm-hmm. I by the time it came out, it was February twenty twenty one. Um, I didn't really know what was going to happen. It seemed like it started going well in November of 2020 because um, All Songs Considered picked it up or picked up mm-hmm. the first single off of it, which was just crazy to me. Yeah. Um, and everything kind of snowballed from there. But like, I didn't, I just, I didn't know. I was just like living at home with my parents during the pandemic. I was, honestly deeply miserable personally from like june of 2020 to like june of 2021 so it's all a little bit of a blur to be honest and i don't recall feeling like a lot of optimism specifically like i don't remember like ideating like what might happen it was just happening to me and i was like well all right then Mm -hmm. like i just didn't have energy to like (laughs) look into the future i was just like cool i guess like sure my dreams are coming true i suppose this is nice that's amazing (laughs) i mean that's amazing um so the one thing i was just when i was like i always like look to like to look at records as like is there any through things and i was thinking about there seems to be like a a lot of natural stuff plants flowers weeds blossom fruits and even a couple oranges um, mm-hmm. uh, what, what do you, do you, is that just, um, things you pay attention to? Or do you think there's something, um, is there a reason those show up? Uh, I don't know. I think that I reach for those. I actually do have to kind of like restrain myself from reaching for like, uh, taste too often as a metaphor, because I'm like, okay, you've done that so many times now, dude, like, you gotta stop. But it's just so tactile and universal. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone pretty much experiences, like, salt or, I, I don't know, it's just like, it's it's just such, like, an, a cheat code to, like, a visceral reference that uh, it, it feels universal but in a pretty like sharpened way. Um, and I, I guess I, I like leveraging that. The oranges honestly were just happening. Like I really did just leave oranges out for that one person. And uh, there were, I, I, the reference to oranges in Cool Dry Place was also because I was in a van with a bunch of people and, and opening like a little mandarin orange uh-huh. like every like 30 minutes or so and i would pass around the pieces to like the four of us in the car and uh there are 10 segments in an orange like yeah. pretty much always because there was always an unique amount of so yeah so those that, that was just because oranges are a food that I, well, eat sometimes. I i i think that they're also a food on tour that like oh it, it always makes you feel a little bit more healthy to eat you know like like after you like like we just got back from the uk and the few moments that i ate oranges i felt like were the best i felt the whole time (laughs) yeah belts i naturally felt the whole time um all right uh so 
right now you're on tour with Julia Jacqueline. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And fun. Good. So fun. It's my first um, bus tour uh-huh. and it is such a goddamn delight to be able to sleep whenever I want and to not be driving myself. Yeah. Anywhere. Um, that's crazy. Yeah. Be- I would say be careful on the sleep because that's what I felt. And then I started sleeping too much. No. And I think I would, I would have a hard time getting out of the bunk. It's like a, that makes sense. It's like a coffin. Yeah. It's like a cough, but like a nice coffin. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's like, if I wouldn't know what time it was. And I think as a glasses wearer, Mm -hmm. I have to take off my glasses to sleep and then I couldn't see. And then it's like, okay, first you got to put on your glasses. Then you got to look at a clock. And then Mm-hmm. I would I would wake up and I'd say I don't know if it's nine a.m. or one p.m. Like I literally don't know, and um, I don't know. There's something I had to watch myself on that. I, I have That's to like, valid. you know, I had to start setting alarms definitely because it was. <laughs> uh, anyways, um, so uh, will it be? Do you, uh, do you see yourself next week um, when we start tour playing the same kind of? You're solo out there, right? Or are you? Are yeah. You no, I'm I'm solo out here, um, like basically so that I can ride along on the bus. And it's mm-hmm. just me. I'm just stowing away. Um, but uh, I play with the band a lot of the time. Um, but I like I I like playing solo shows. You do. I do. I miss my band because there's like way less like unpredictability when it's just me. Mm-hmm. Like the only unpredictability is like, am I going to sing this good or not? There's like nothing else for me to focus on. Sure. So then I just like say fucking weird shit in between songs. When I'm bored or uh, I just like zone out a little bit. Um, but the, the crowds on this, this tour have been really good. Are you, are you solo on this next? No, I have no, a no, no, you're I taking band. your van. Yeah, you and you're riding in the van, I think. So uh, mm-hmm. uh, there will be a lot of us. Uh, there's uh, uh, it's five people plus me. So uh, there's plenty yeah. of room. But uh, yeah, it's a sax, keyboard, guitar, bass, drums, and me. Um, Hell yeah. So it should be great. It's uh, But it, um, yeah, I, I, I do both. I like both. I, I've done the tour that you're doing now, uh, jumping on the bus with another act. And that's yeah. there's something wonderfully unencumbered about that. Um, mm-hmm. um, and eat in, in freeing. Right. You know, so, yeah. Um, but I, I like both and I, I do miss the camaraderie when I'm alone. Um, yeah, totally. But, but you know, both, it's nice to be able to flex both muscles. That's, uh, so here's the dates we're doing. Um, Somerville theater in Boston. Have you been to Boston this year? Any, uh, yes, yes. I have been to Boston this year. Um, that's actually where I was born. Um, but I, I grew up in Minnesota, but, um, I have a lot of homes, so that's a, a return home. <laughs> uh, um, October 13th, the world cafe live in Philadelphia. Have you done that room before? No, I haven't. I don't know if I've played Philly ever actually. Oh, amazing. Um, that should be fun. We're doing in the, in between our band is doing the Seth Meyers show. So we will be, uh, um, Hell yeah. still have makeup on maybe. Um, and then, uh, uh, how's the independence in Asbury park? Are you a Springsteen fan at all? I was in the, the bus with like all of the girls on this tour, which is most of us actually. Mm-hmm. And we, someone was like, we got to watch this video of young Bruce Springsteen singing dancing in the dark. Cause he is like the hottest thing on God's green earth. And honestly they were right. 
Like, it was so true. He has a great ass. God bless him. Uh, but no, I am, I am like a medium, medium Bruce Springsteen fan. <laughs> I'm pretty big, but maybe we'll, maybe we'll see you in Asbury Park if we keep our eyes open. Um, Williamsburg Opera House in Brooklyn. Do you live in Brooklyn? Are you- I do live in Brooklyn. Yeah, just like two months ago started living Oh, in cool. I do too, starting in 2000. So, um, oh, nice. I'm in Greenpoint. Um, but yeah, I, oh, cool. uh, I, uh, that's so I guess that's hometown show for both of us, real hometown. Oh, yeah. Very nice. cool. Uh, Union Stage in our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., on October 16th. Then off to the Club Cafe in Pittsburgh on October 17th, which is a v- little venue I love. Um, small, cool, unique. Mm-hmm. Um, love that. We have a day off to cross the border into Canada, and uh, your your part of the tour finishes at one of my other favorite clubs, the Horseshoe Tavern in Toronto. Have you been there? I think I actually have played there. Um, I had a weird show that night, personally, but mm-hmm. it was like they were so nice there. I love yeah. Canadian sound guys; they're always like <laughs> real sweethearts. They don't seem to like actively hate you <laughs> yeah, as much yeah. as normal yeah, I, sound guys. <laughs> I mean, I think that's. Maybe across the board and all positions, Canadian bartenders, Canadian security, Canadian. Uh, yeah, less active aggression. <laughs> yeah, less, 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 less active. Open aggression. hatred. <laughs> that's a great, that's a good place to end. So um, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for taking time yeah. out of your touring day. I, I really look forward to hanging out um, next week. Can I do one thing? Can I take a screenshot mm-hmm. and I'll use this? Ready? One, two, three. For sure. All right. I got it. I think. Um, so awesome. Uh, looking forward to it. And again, uh, love your music so much. So can't wait to see you play Thank you so much. Yeah. Can we see y'all play? Yeah. yeah it's going to be great. Thanks, the band's sounding really good. Yeah. So, talk soon. <laughs>